Hello and welcome back to QC Uncut, your podcast for unedited, uncut, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. My name is Sean Leary. I am your host, as always. And today we are talking to Terry Brooks, who is a candidate for mayor of Rock Island. The election's coming up on April 4th. And, of course, we encourage everyone to vote. And the most important thing is having an informed electorate. And we here at QuadCities.com believe in that strongly. And so we have been providing these conversations with the mayoral candidates. And we are um, offering each candidate the opportunity to give us a vision statement as well that we are going to post on our website so that people can be as informed as possible and make the best decision that they can in regard to voting for the next mayor of this city. Um, once again, Terry, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Uh, how you doing, Sean? Good. I'm doing great, man. Looks like you've been a busy guy, as have all the candidates. I see your signs around. I see you guys doing all the forums and everything else. Um, now, let's jump into that. Um, as always, as I mentioned, uh, the format is the same for each of these conversations with the mayoral candidates. 40 minutes max. I ask you guys all the same questions. If I ask a candidate a specific question that I may or may not ask the other candidates based upon our conversation, I note that so that we are as fair and, and, and unbiased as possible. Anything that you hear is what we have talked about. Again, it's unedited conversation. So we'll start off with... Obviously, we talked before, a few weeks back, Mm -hmm. before the um, campaigning season really started kicking in. Mm -hmm. Now that it has, um, what have you learned as a candidate from talking to people, and how has that changed or reinforced your thinking as someone running for mayor? Oh, well, as as you said earlier, we we were participating in at least three forms, talking to different people. They kind of reflect my vision, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as far as the Blue Rimmer Committee, as far as uh, the sports complex, and uh, I think I'm on the right track as far as you know taking the city for itself. Uh, they, they, what they what they like about my vision is the fact that uh, I'm talking about moving forward and not staying the same, mm-hmm. or not or not being uh, at a point where. City is not visionary enough to look forward for the next 5, 10, 15, or 20 years. Right. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of people really like my solar idea as far as bringing solar to the city. I agree with that one, yeah. And, um, Talked about that before. Like, it's, we're going to have a press conference and release some of the information mm-hmm. Saturday. Um, that's the wave of the future. I agree. You're talking about jobs, you're talking about savings, you're talking about the environment. Uh, and a lot of people are. Uh, really, really excited about that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even the sports complex. Um, talking about putting an anchor on 11th Street, building building a castle, so to speak, where uh-huh. we can do all kinds of things there. And you know, I mentioned the fact earlier. You know, when you interviewed me before, is that amateur athletics is a multi-million dollar industry. I agree. I agree. And 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 uh, I think Rock Island, with our history. Uh, we're a real sports community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that would add, and it, and, it, and it would make Rock Island a place to go instead of a place you just turn up at. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a lot of people, quite quite a few people, are really interested in what I'm saying. 
Yeah, I think one of the things um, we talked about, when I was thinking about running for mayor, one of the things I wanted to bring to the city is an indoor soccer complex because soccer is huge around here. And there, I think there's really a need for that um, in the area. And that was one of the things you mentioned in regard to building the sports complex is having an indoor soccer area as well as possibly deck hockey as well. Well, you know, if you, if you, if you build it the right way, People will come. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's all it's all kinds of athletics. You know, at one of the forums we had at Growth Corp, uh, a lady came up and she was talking about ballerinas, right? Ballet. Uh, why didn't we add that to to my uh, my vision? I said, well, it's room for that. You know, right. this complex you can do all kinds of things. You know, I'm, I've even talked about a wellness center. You know, right. I've ran into some uh, medical p- personnel, m- medical people. They think that's a great great idea. So. Uh, this complex uh, has to be a vision of, of almost to a point of heaven to a certain degree. Right. And we got to be willing to invest the money to make, it, make sure it's done right. We just can't build a, a sports complex and have six gymnasium floors. Right. You know, it has to be a, a, attractive where people from New York and other places would come and participate in some of the things we're doing. You know, I've even talked to, uh, I think we need an Olympic-sized pool. With diving, bowling, uh, I think I think we need to make this is go all place, mm-hmm. and I think if we do that, uh, I think we would surround a lot of people not only in the two to three state area, we probably can even reach people farther than that. Right. You know, with my experience of uh, having traveling basketball teams, you know, as I mentioned to you the last time we we talked, uh, I noticed when they build them, other things are built around them. So I think that would help even entrepreneurs and small business owners in the community. Uh, but uh, 11th Street has is, is been, been a destination for the city for a long time. I think by adding that type of attraction, I think you will see, you will see this 11th Street change immediately. Uh, I think even, even to a point if we talk about construction of, that, of the facility, I think you will see people uh, uh, ready, ready to build and ready to invest. So I think that would be a great way of, uh, of the city bringing in investment, but it also making Rock Island a place to be. Right. Let's circle back real quick, because I didn't ask you in the beginning. Tell us your qualifications for mayor and what led you to run for mayor. We covered this before in the last podcast, but I think we should throw it in to this one as well for each of the candidates. Well, you know, I've served on the city council for four terms, 16 years. Mm-hmm. And during the time I was on the city council, the, school, the city was moving forward, you know, Downtown area was was, uh, was was an envy of many many people in the Quad Cities. Now, Mayor Schwieber was the mayor at that sure. point when you were on the yeah. council. Yeah. Well, the district was the envy of the Quad Cities, yeah. uh, and, and and during that time we we had the boat was here, and, and after the boat moved uh, and became Joomers, uh, out on out on eighty, I guess you would say, uh, we built Schwieber Park. Mm-hmm. You know, in my experience, I was able to get Douglas Park Place built, uh, the expansion of the King Center, MAK Park, uh, Community Healthcare Center was probably one of my one of my most uh, uh, most sacri- uh, most appealing uh, thing I was able to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I really was excited about that. So what I'm saying, I've I've had the experience where I brought different groups of people together to get things done. Mm-hmm. You know, even the addition on. Uh, 10th Street off 7th Avenue. I was a part of that 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 vision. And that, the original vision was going from 7th Avenue 
all the way to Third Avenue mm -hmm. with new homes, affordable housing for, for, for folks. Mm -hmm. And doing my reign, uh, my reign on the housing commission, we got Cascade Garden Bill, Linden Lane, Third and Eleventh, and their other projects are on their way. So what, I, what I'm telling, what I'm telling the uh, your viewers is I I have the ability to get things done. Uh, I have the ability to, to see far than next year, than five years. I have the ability looking down the road. Uh, so with my experience, I, I think I'm the best candidate out here. Gotcha. Now let's get into another question, which um, plays right into what you were just talking about. And um, candidates always talk about this, obviously. Um, they talk about their vision and what they're looking to do and what have you. Oftentimes they don't offer specifics. You're offering some uh, some specifics in regard to the sports complex and things like that. What, at this point, looking at the landscape as it is, and if you are elected mayor, mm -hmm. what would be your top five priorities in office, just in general during your first term, and specifically, what would you look to accomplish in your first year? Well, first year, I, I would try to bring, I would try to bring in the business community, uh, basically because they, some of them feel neglected, and that's why I talk about the blue ribbon panel, the blue ribbon committee, where business people and investors have an opportunity to meet quarterly, and at the end of the, the, the quarters, the four quarters, they make recommendations to the city council. I think that that would bring in a new attitude in a new environment as far as uh, businesses that are here and businesses that might want to enter the city. And, and, and number two, I, I would probably look at uh, ways of trying to uh, get the multi-sports center done by bringing in different interests, uh, being it bonding, being it private uh, private, owners, private business or, or through grants through grants or whatever whatever the mechanism might take to, to bring people together to the table make it happen and I would think number three would probably be uh, uh, looking at what's, what we could do with Juma's Crossing mm -hmm. uh, Juma's Crossing is a uh, is a uh, is something that uh, it has a lot of uh, potential mm -hmm. you know you know when that's when we you know we come back to, you know I probably should have had solar number two or number one but right. that's where we get back to the solar thing sure uh, Solar is the wave of the future. Not only is it the wave of the future, um, it it could be very beneficial to the city. Mm -hmm. If we leased out space, rooftops and things of that nature, uh, the city can bring in between 1.5 to 2 million dollars. But if we become our own public utility, we can we can we can go from from nine million dollars to 15 million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that that should be put in motion right away right. because the potential of uh, bringing in fresh revenue, new revenue that the city hasn't had for years and and, and, and it might it would give the city an opportunity to lessen the, the tax burden on citizens and also be able to invest on some of the, some of the debt we've occurred uh, as far as uh, the Walgreens project and as far as you know new police station and things of that nature. The cities no longer can uh, just uh, afford to pay their bills on the, on the backs of the taxpayers. So I think we have to have a newness as far as uh, new revenue as far as taking that burden off. And I think solar and I think the sports complex and getting the business uh, community involved, I think 
those three things will lead us lead us down the right path. Um, actually, one of the questions I have on the list to ask all the candidates is, uh, what are your plans for making Rock Island greener and more cost efficient? I think we just covered that. Is there anything else you'd like to add in regard to that? Just to be fair, I'm throwing that question out there because I'm giving it to every candidate, well, and I know you've already covered it kind of. But. Well, I, I think I think I've pretty much said what what needs to be said, but I can't add a couple other things. Sure. You know, I, I'm not only looking. Look, it's a possibility. If Rock Island became, becomes the center of, of, of uh, the solar uh, idea, it's a possibility that we can link all cities into Quad Cities. Mm-hmm. And, and all of us, it'll be a benefit for everyone. Uh, uh, you know, solar and green is not only where uh, the Quad City community should go, that's where the country is going, that's where the world is going. Right. So, you know, even, even the mention of uh, the press conference that I'm having Saturday, a couple of solar energy companies have called me personally, and they want to sit down and talk to me. So, so by by just the mention of it, uh, you got different uh, uh, solar businesses that want to want to sit down and talk to me, and and eventually the city council about uh, a capability of them being, being part of this 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 vision. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's important is, you know, and that's a lot of the questions that I chose to ask each of the candidates have to do with looking towards the future. And I think you look towards the future in regard to solar. You're exactly right. That is the future of energy, not just here, but nationwide and worldwide. And we're seeing that around the world. And so I think that, you know, in order to be a leader of vision, you have to be able to take that in in the right direction and and be proactive in recognizing where things are going in the future and set the city on that path. Now, along those same lines, another question, this came up again this week as it comes up all the time, legalization of marijuana. Um, Once again, it was in the news this week that Illinois is looking at making recreational marijuana illegal or not illegal, legal. Mm -hmm. They're legalizing recreational and of course it would be under a certain amount and it would be regulated but they're moving more towards what other states have done and we've seen other states like Colorado like Washington um, make it legal and and they brought in millions and millions of dollars in tax revenue and reduced the burden on their citizens and so I'm wondering you know what we touched upon this before because people keep asking me this question and saying ask the candidates this question so here's the question again What's your position in regard to legalization, and how do you think it should be implemented if it is within the next five years? Well, I'm not surprised that uh, the state of Illinois is talking about legalizing marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Colorado and other other states have proven that it brings in quite a few dollars. You know, uh, uh, Colorado the only problems they have is not it's not it's not federally supported. Uh, that could cause some problems because in Colorado. Since it's not federally supported, they have problems as far as uh, depositing money in, in, into banks. Um, uh, recreational use of marijuana is a criminal offense right now, and you, and you have quite a few people that are that are building up uh, criminal records off a small amount of marijuana. Right. You know, the state passed and approved that a uh, small amount of marijuana. Uh, <coughs> It's uh, a police has a choice or discretion either to charge or ticket a person. I think that law needs to be more well defined. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, personally, uh, I, I don't have any problem with the legalization of marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, it'll make it a lot easier on the court system as well as the police departments across the country as far as dealing with that problem. 
and um, it also will probably keep a lot of a lot of young people out of the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have no problem with, with uh, recreational use of marijuana. Uh, I've never used it myself. You know, you know, studies have showed that says marijuana is selected. They say it could be less addicting than, than alcohol. Mm -hmm. So that's a question that need to be discussed. But the state of uh, state of Illinois, I'm not surprised they're trying to find a new way of, 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 of producing revenue. Right. And when they talked about medical use, I remember discussing with some friends of mine. I said within four to five years, the state of Illinois is going to legalize marijuana. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree, especially given the financial you know uh, situation Illinois is in. I think right. that it, it's long made sense to, to do that. Um, let's look at uh, another um, change that is that is coming that could be coming um looking at education mm -hmm. huge huge um changes could be occurring given the fact that betsy devos mm -hmm. has been or is in the process of being named you know um head of the education department mm -hmm. um federally one of the things DeVos has talked about is in regard to a voucher system that would allow people to make school choice mm -hmm. and would allow for charter schools and private schools that are currently in existence and also those that are being founded to um, take tax vouchers from, um, from families. And um, you know would allow the parents to decide whether or not they want to send kids to, pu to public school or whether they want to take that tax money in the form of a voucher and send them to a charter school or a private school. What are your feelings in regard to this if it becomes implemented? And how do you think that it could be a benefit or a detriment to the local economy as well as the local educational system? Because obviously if charter schools are brought in, that could also potentially be a boon to the economy if there are a lot of private schools that are coming in. Well, and they're non-religious. If they're non-religious schools, they have to pay tax. Right. Although I, I think religious schools and systems should have to be taxed, but that's a question for another day. I, you know, I, well, you can look at this in two ways. You know, um, there are problems within public schools, especially, especially in large urban settings. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I still believe it's the jobs of the schools to make the schools better schools. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, <clears throat> I think it, it could become troublesome if you, if you had if you had an open voucher system. You know, uh, because I take my kid to Moline High School doesn't mean my kid is going to get a better education than than it would in Rocky High School. Uh -huh. uh, uh, it has been success ratios as far as charter schools, but. I think they need to be still on the guidelines of, of a system that, that makes checks and balances. Sure. Um, you know, that ground is still tested. Uh, I, I think it's going to still be a fight as far as it even happening. You mm -hmm. know, the bureaucracies in this country are huge. Mm -hmm. And even if she tried to implement it, I don't think it would happen right away. Right. And depending on the politics in the three to four years, it might change. You know, <clears throat> I think I think if a kid is stuck in a bad school, he should have the option to go somewhere else. If, if the schools are that terrible, he should have an option to go somewhere else. Right. But taking most of the money away from public schools and putting them in private schools, I don't know necessarily if that's the answer. Right. You know. So, you know, I'm still right. stuck. Yeah. You know, I, I got a great education for public school, mm -hmm. and a, and a lot of it still starts at home. Right. You know. I agree. With a lot of it starts still starts at home. Yeah. My my parents made me do my homework, made me read books, 
made me watch programs that they felt would uh <coughs> would advance my thought pattern. Right. You know, uh, even sending them to charter schools or private school doesn't mean that a kid is going to achieve if a kid is not willing is not willing to put in the work. Right. Or doesn't have an environment. And I have, a, I have a master's in education, and I can tell you there's been significant research in the fact that kids who have a better home environment and parents that are more supportive or guardians or siblings or whoever that support them in that educational pursuit end up having better grades and end up doing better in the educational milieu. That's probably where they need to put more money at. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was in a discussion just yesterday with someone. Schools need to prepare kids for work. They need to put programs, being it in a charter school, private school, or public schools. Uh, they need to train kids in the trades, to be you know elect- elect- electricians, the technical field that they're coming in. You know, when I grew up as a kid, we had CETA, JEPA. You know, at least it 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 it, it turned you on to the working environment. You know, our high school should be preparing kids to go to work. Mm-hmm. They should be training them. Uh, starting probably in junior high school right. for the fields that will be open once get out of, once they get out of high school we have to we have to deal with the fact that the majority of our kids are not going to go to college mm-hmm. and a good majority that goes to college end up coming back home mm-hmm. so what are we going to do with those kids i think if we're training them as they go where they can make they, they can they have options and different choices as far as what they want to do with their lives I think you'll have more productive kids and more and a, and, and a more attractive working force. Where do you draw the line in regard to treat, training kids and teaching kids to think for themselves and open thought process as opposed to, because that's been a criticism of a lot of the school system, is the fact that it is just teaching kids to memorize and recite mm-hmm. and it's teaching kids to obey and to kind of conform to just kind of go from school to work. Mm-hmm. And what it's done is it's created a generation of kids or, and adults that lack critical thinking skills so much. They're, they're more apt to just kind of believe what they're fed as opposed to thinking critically about it. Where do you think the line is drawn and where, how do you cross over into making sure that kids aren't just, okay, you're learning how to a skill or something, and instead we've also got to teach you how to think about things and, and how to critically think about certain things that you're fed in this world, particularly now when we've got, we're inundated with information and we don't know whether it's true or not. Well, you just gotta have, kids got to have choices. Mm-hmm. You know, because he might learn how to build a phone doesn't mean that he might get in the business of making them. Sure. Uh, uh, the, the the problem is that the, the choices are limited. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we're training or we giving kids kids are learning skills in school, at least they have that skill. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had friends that I went off to college, and they learn how to do mechanical work on cars. Guess what they're doing? Even though they have a college degree, they learned this skill, sure. and they couldn't find a job, so they're going in and they're fixing people's oh, yeah, cars. Sure. So once you learn the skill. In most cases, you don't forget it. At least you have something to fall back on. Right. You know, what I, what I'm saying is, we gotta give our kids more options. Right. You know, some 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 individuals are never gonna be able to break off and do things on their own. Mm-hmm. But 80 to 80 percent of our population, I think they can. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always gonna be a certain population in this country is they're gonna need assistance assistance in order to make it in this world. Mm-hmm. But we have to be more open as far as uh, giving young people options. And we also need to start listening to them. You know, uh, with my campaign, most of my uh, uh, 
the people that are on my staff or that are helping me are below age 25. Mm -hmm. And the things that I'm learning from them is amazing. I, I think I think I think what's happening is we're not listening. You know, we're preaching but we're not listening. You know, I, I think that's 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 the bigger part of the problem. And the other thing is we have to realize these kids are gonna be taking care of us sometime. Right. You know, we need we need to we need to organize our kids to understand what politics are, what what public works are, what is what volunteerism is, what neighborhoods mean. I think I think that's some of the things we've, we've forgotten. But we also got to understand uh, what what their interpretation of those things are. Mm -hmm. And I, I think if we start doing those things, I think we I think we can propel ourselves or deal with more things in a more positive manner. Right. You know, uh, the problem is what I what I learned as a kid in the summer. Uh, going to these programs like Jeff or CETA, uh -huh. I at least learned how to punch a clock to go to work. I at least learned that I have to get up at a certain time to be be on time to get to work. Mm -hmm. We throw our kids out there at 18, and they're supposed to know all these things. Mm -hmm. They haven't learned them. You know, that's like learning how to read. Right. If nobody shows you ABCs, you'll never figure out what vowels and consonants are. Mm -hmm. So, what we're what we're doing is we're not we're teaching, but we're preaching, but we're not really teaching. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. uh, and I, I think that has that has a lot to do with it. You know, uh, kids are. You know, I deal with them a lot. Kids are more uh, intelligent and more talented than we give them credit for. Mm -hmm. Until we understand the talents of our young folks, well, then again, we're gonna be stuck. We need to ask the question: What do they need? Most of the kids I run into, the 16, 17, 18 years old, you know what they're asking for? A job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at least we could have them prepared to work or learn, learn what a job is. Cool. Um, these are a couple of questions that came from the internet, from folks. Uh, this is one thing that has really been burning up on Facebook lately: um, the whole Brant Construction deal. Um, what is your position on again Brant Construction being sued for two hundred thirty-three thousand dollars over work on the Sixth Avenue sewer project? And what do you think that that means to voters? Well, if the work was done incorrectly, you know, you had a contract. Uh, and if it wasn't done properly, the city should get their money back. Mm -hmm. I just think it's that simple. I mean, if, uh, if I worked for you and I didn't do the job right, I think you're going to come and see me. Mm -hmm. So that's that's my interpretation of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, when, I, when I was on the city council, Brad did good work. Mm -hmm. But you pay, person, you pay a person for a service. And if the service is done incorrectly, you go back and you see that person. You know, that's, that's about as simple as I can make. Uh, another question that came from the Internet, and this is something that also was uh, stimulating considerable discussion. Um, the payday loan places right. and the exorbitant interest rates that they charge, um, what can be done as a city? Is there anything that can be done to regulate these and to try and get the interest rates down so that the these places do not prey upon? And obviously there are a lot of people... You know, if you're going paycheck to paycheck, um, I know some people use these places irresponsibly. Right. And certainly there are people that go in and they, you know, get payday loans for stupid reasons, whatever, and frivolous reasons. But a lot of people go in there because they're living paycheck to paycheck. And you know what? When your car breaks down and you got to get to work and you got to take the kids to school or daycare or whatever, then you got no, you got no choice. You got a mortgage. You, you need the money. And if you need that extra money and you need it right now, 
well, these places can fulfill that need, but at what cost? There are a lot of exorbitant interests and fees and things of that nature. How, if any way, can the city step in and help out people in regard to that and maybe keep these interest rates down and stop the fees from being overcharged? Well, it's kind of hard for the city. Right. Because, I know. It's, the city because, only has limited amount well, of power. The state, a state, the state has to really deal with that issue. Right. You know, all we can say is uh, elected officials or city leaders is that those places are really a death trap to, to a certain degree. You, you lose your title to your car, you lose your car. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you pay, you pay a high interest rate to borrow $250, and you might end up paying three or four. You know, but the only way to cure that is to bring, bring in more... Uh, uh, a healthier work environment where people can make good money. And you know, that's where I go back to the solar idea. The solar idea, those jobs pay an average between $25 to $30. Mm-hmm. So the more the more we look in advance as far as uh, uh, opening up this 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 technology, you know, some of those people have an opportunity to get better jobs. You know, not only not only will the solar industry bring in lower heating bills and and profits for the city it also will bring in opportunities for other companies to come along to support that industry. So, you know, one way to stop payday loan places is to make sure people have enough money to take care of themselves. And I, and I think I think uh, that's the battle we're in front of. Until the state decides that those interest rates are crazy and they help, help communities like ours run them out, uh, they're going to prey on poor people. You know, it's nothing... As far as any ordinance that the city can set, or any city laws, so to speak, we can do as far as limiting them because they're exempt. We can't. We can't say you can't be here. We can't just run them out. You know that has to be a state decision. And what we can do is talk to Neil Anderson, talk to Mac Helfen. We can talk to the different state legislators and say this is really uh, taxing on the community and it preys on poor folks. But as far as uh, city rules, city laws, they exempt from my from my from my power. So that would have to be a state uh, a state uh, recommendation or a state law that can limit these places. You know, uh, but all we can do is say it's robbing you, it's taking advantage of you. But until the state says these interest rates are too high, they're unfair unfair to the consumer, we kind of stuck. Right. right. We kind of stuck. And I understand that, too. I, it's a question that a lot of people ask me to ask the candidates, so I, I pass it along. Right. And, of course, each of the candidates will say, I would guess the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but nevertheless, well, that's, if, that's if it's something, problem, yeah. But yeah. nevertheless, if there's a concern, well, right. and if I get a, mul- a question multiple times, I, I want to ask you guys. Right down 11th Street, it bothers me. Right. You know, uh, even to the point of all the pawn shops. Mm-hmm. They prey on, on uh, 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 low-income, uh, middle-income communities. Because it's the way they can make their money. Right. If you if you go if you go farther west in Rock Island, it's hard to find any. Right. You know you don't see as many pawn shops the farther west, or farther east you go right. in Rock Island than you than you do farther west because that's they prey on poor folks, and that's how they make their living because uh, poor people are desperate and they just want to they just want to make it. Right. They also prey on people who who have who got addiction problems right. who are who are addicted to one thing or another. So. They are predators. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the best way I can put it. Right, right. 
Well, again, I agree with you on that. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I know the city has very limited resources in regard to go after them, but a lot of people ask me that question as well as the one about Brandt because there's the thing I'm, about Brandt is all over Facebook, and a lot of people are talking about it. Um, last couple questions. Um, having been out on the trail and having uh, participated in a number of forums, mm-hmm. you've gotten to hear the other candidates directly and what they've had to say. Now, I'm always a proponent of the fact that I don't think every no one is 100% right, mm-hmm. even me. Right. No one is 100% wrong, even me. You know, people are a combination, and a lot of times it's a lot of gray area where you know you either agree or disagree, but it's just different perspectives. Right. Now, having heard the other candidates, um, what ideas have you heard from your fellow candidates that you have agreed with or disagreed with, and why? Well. Best way I can put this shot is yeah we we've been through three or four forums and I've, I've listened to candidates uh, and so, some of the things they are they are very positive but the problem I have they basically are the same arguments or the same positions that they were five ten fifteen years ago mm-hmm. and my my campaign is totally different mine is more futuristic it's talking about the future it's talking about keeping families together talking about keeping young people here making young adults more part of the system, making the business community more part of uh, this, uh, the, the team, uh, bringing in new ideas as far as uh, solar and, and wind, as far as not only uh, making, it, making it more profitable for the city, but also giving uh, young people and other people opportunities to, to seek better employment, uh, even, even to a point of talking about the sports complex. You know, I differ with my opponents because I do I do have a, a pathway. I do have a road as far as try, trying to take uh, the city of Rock Island forward. Uh, not saying that any of them don't have the same passion and the love for the city. I just think I have a better vision as far as where the city can be in the next 15 or 20 years. And also, I think I have a vision as far as considering the fact that our citizens in this in this city can no longer... Uh, afford higher property taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can no longer afford higher water bills and and other services. So my whole my whole vision is to bring in revenues that this city hasn't pursued, mm-hmm. and none of my candidates are even even considering. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I mentioned to you before when we talked, Rock Island has to get over the Rust Belt mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to get over the mentality that a major retailer is going to come in and save the city. Mm-hmm. They have to come up with, with an idea or a vision that's going to make people want to come to Rock Island. And, and, and I think some of the things that I've given you today is basically going in that direction. You know, just like uh, talking about the solar program, uh, bringing in solar. Solar companies are calling me. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're calling me as a vast interest. You know, when you pulled up... It came into to this to the coffee shop today. I, I I hit my voicemail. I had three different calls from mm-hmm. solar companies. Just the mention of solar and advancing the city of technology. I'm getting calls from companies from all over the country. Mm-hmm. So that's the wave of the future, and and that wave is also uh, profitable, and it's also gonna it's gonna make life better for for people who get an opportunity to get job in that industry. Mm-hmm. Now, win or lose, obviously one person's going to win, three people are not going to. Um, how would you work 
with your opponents or talk to your opponents, um, whether you are the mayor or whether you are not the mayor. How do you, how would you handle that, and how would you guys work together? Because all of you have good points, all of you have good you know visions for the city in regard to certain things, and you know how do you make that work? How do you how do you bring that passion together? Because all you want the city to be better. So how do you all work together, regardless of who wins on April fourth? Well, that's the most difficult question. Uh, the majority of my uh, young life, I was an athlete. And being an athlete and being competitive as I was, the word lose has <laughs> never been a part of my vocabulary. The word win and having, having the, the best strategy as far as being successful is, is where I'm at. Uh, I welcome uh, my opponents with some of, their, some of their great ideas or some of their uh, uh, interpretations of what should happen to the city to join me. Uh, once I sit in that chair as mayor, mm -hmm. uh, and if it comes to a point where uh, uh, Atlanta can beat a New England, and I'm New England, I guess <laughs> I guess I would have to I would have to shake hands and say, what, what what can we do as far as making the city better? But at this point, Sean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I think I have the best plan. Uh, I think uh, I have a vision to take the city forward. Uh, with, with, the, with my uh, experience and, and knowledge as far as how the city is run and the things that I've added to the city as, as far as being a public figure, I'm the one, I'm the one that, that can propel the city forward. And I, I'm also the one that can quarterback the team as far as the aldermen that are, will be sitting around me uh, to give me an idea that we need to move toward the future and we need to keep our families and young people home mm -hmm. got a little more than two minutes here give us your last words this is your last plea to voters what do you want to say to voters you got a little more than two minutes here tell them why they should vote for you well basically uh voting has started the county building we down the street from mm -hmm. it and i like to go punch my name because uh with, with all confidence uh uh in my being, I'm no, I'm no the best man for the job. Uh, I think if people t tune in and you know hit my webpage and my Facebook page, they they would have an opportunity to see what the vision is. If people have attended the forums and read the newspapers, you, you can judge and you you will seek and you will believe that I have the, I have the best vision to take Rock Island forward. Uh, <coughs> With, with this built legacy that, uh, that, uh, that, that, that I have built as a family, but also the legacy I have built as a public servant, it's no question that I'm, I'm number one. You know, I'm the one that, that's going to fulfill uh, this vision and I'm, I'm, that, that uh, Rock Island can be the best city. You know, if you don't have that uh, mind of perfection as a leader, uh, those things won't happen. I don't think there's nothing that I gave you on that piece of paper, anything that you're reading or anything that you share that can't happen. You know, I've shown uh, in many days as an alderman from going to a woman's health facility as far as getting women off of, of alcohol and drugs to get their families back from a two-person conversation to a new building, from, from, a, from not having a health center on 11th Street, from, from a used building to a new one. You know, I believe everything is possible. With the, with the opportunity and, and with great leadership, and I, and I think I'm that leader. Terry Brooks, thank you very much. Um, got a couple more seconds here. Why don't you tell us about your website and your Facebook page for people to go check out more? Well, my son is probably the best. You know, it's, it's Terry Brooks 
MA1, that's uh, for mayor, that's mm -hmm. my Facebook page. And my website, if you hit the, if you hit the Facebook page, it leads you right to my website. Okay. Cool. Thank you so much, Terry Brooks, and good luck on April 4th. Thank you for taking the time out to talk with us on QC Uncut. My name's Sean Leary. Once again, thank you for tuning in. And whoever you vote for on April 4th, I hope that you feel comfortable in your decision, and I hope that we have been helpful in helping you to make the best decision for you as a Rock Island citizen. Once again, thank you to Terry Brooks for joining me on our show today. And have a good day.